This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have a gentleman on that I guess everybody will know who he is, uh, well, in a, in a lot of respects, uh, Jim Tracy, and uh, I think I first met you when I was over at the sheriff's office, and your great uncle Dick Tracy uh, <laughs> called and was wanting to know something about a wristwatch and all this other stuff. <laughs> Did I get that right? Well, that, that's partially right, Truman. Just you, partially. Partially, yes. Yeah. Uh, you and I met. Uh, yeah, I guess you were long time, ago. long time ago. You was sheriff and. Uh, Actually, was probably running for office at the time, and yeah. uh, I think Coach Jim Earl came with me, and we sat around and talked about philosophy, and and uh, I had also talked about, if I remember right, refereeing. I did. I refereed basketball for 25 years. Uh, Coach Earl uh, had observed me from officiating. I have, I actually refereed. Uh, I tell you who got me into officiating. Some of the folks listening today will remember Burl Crowell. Oh, God, everybody remembers him if you're of any age. Well, Burl talked me into refereeing. I'd been coaching high school basketball, and he he called me, and he had that old rough voice, and he said, Tracy, you need to referee basketball, and and that was got my start. That would have been about 1983 or 84, and and I refereed till 2007 and got to college level, and Burl had a big impact on that. Coach Earl had a big impact on me refereeing because – you know, back then, if people observed you and they liked you to referee, and you had to work your way up. You started at the junior high, high school level, and work your way up to Division One. I. I worked some games over at MTSU and and the Sun Did Belt. Did he like you after you called one of his? Games? Uh, Coach Earl uh, liked you after the last call went his way. If the next call didn't go his way, he didn't like you for a while. But after that... So you waited to the near the end of the game to make sure that you called it his way, right? Well, that's right. The, they only remember the last call. Yeah. So the last call that you did, and if they won, mm-hmm. they sort of like you. But, you know, I was from the old school of officiating where I communicated a lot, mm-hmm. talked to the coaches. That, that's the way Burl talked to me when I started. He said, Tracy, don't be afraid to communicate to the coach. If you missed a call, just tell him you missed it. Yeah. Or if what you're seeing, if you're seeing uh, number 35 grabbing a hold of somebody, just tell a coach. Say, coach, I'm going to call a foul on 35 if he doesn't quit grabbing the guy. I've always wanted to ask you this one question. Uh Uh-huh. Did you ever have a coach 
tell you that he wanted you to throw him out of the game? Oh, I had two or three. I had one that he's a legendary coach. He used to coach at Lipscomb, Don Meyer. If mm-hmm. people remember yeah. Coach Meyer, when he first came to Lipscomb, they wasn't very good, and it was about two minutes to go in the game, and he's going crazy on the sidelines, Truman, and he he come over to me, and he, he sort of got in my ear. He said, I want you to throw me out of the game. I said, Coach, this game is so bad. We got two minutes to go. If I got to stay here and watch it, you're going to stay here and watch it. I didn't throw him out of the game. It made him mad. He sat down and didn't say another word. But, yeah, I had a couple say, get me out of here. I'm tired of watching. And I'd usually tell them, say, look. And it's usually about towards the end of the game. And, no, nah, we're not going to make a big scene, you know. Being a good coach is like being somebody like a psychiatrist. It, it, sometimes you just have to use the, the mental torture one way or the other. And uh, I, I have seen that so much. You were you were a good referee. You really well, were. Well, I appreciate it. I've been uh, – I'll tell you another story that people will know this guy. You remember uh, Joe Shelton from Eagleville? Very well. Long-time coach. And, and Burl Crowell told me this story. Or Joe told me, one of the two. That, and both of them probably had a little different aspect of it. But Joe was coaching. And back then – you could just keep calling technical fouls. Now, two technical fouls, you throw them out of the game. Yeah. But back then, you could just tech them as many as you wanted to. Well, Burl was refereeing the game, and Joe was mad at him, and he was yelling at him. And Burl looked at him and said, Joe, he's out in the middle of the floor. He said, for every step you take going back to the bench, I'm going to give you a technical foul. And Joe thought, looked around, and he called his team out there. They picked him up. And carried him back to the bench, so he, he couldn't he couldn't take him. You gotta love that. Now. That was Joe. I mean, yeah. I used to go drink coffee with Joe, and yeah. between him and Burl, and uh, but I loved it. I loved I loved the atmosphere around uh, coaching and and uh, with the young kids, and yeah. I loved the relationships. I mean, it's uh, if you enjoy the game and you're trying to do the best you can, you really shouldn't even notice the officials. The yeah. officials should just be sort of out. You're watching the kids play the ball game. That's really what it ought to be. It's not that way anymore. No, the egos sort of get in play sometimes, and money becomes a factor. And it's just different. When I got in it, you made uh, for a high school doubleheader, uh, you could make about 40 bucks. It's not bad. Not bad. Now it's more than that, probably 100 now. Yeah, but you have such a control over the game. I don't understand the rules anymore because uh, they'll take four or five steps in between dribbling. Um, the the fouls, uh, the ones that really count the fouls, they don't call them. It's these little uh, silly things that they do. Um, it, it's almost like a referee can, uh, if you look at him, he can tell which which team he wants to win. That's There's true. There's not a thing you can do about it. Nope. It's it, just crazy. It is changed. That I agree with you. I'll be at home watching the game, and I'll scream, that's walking. Yeah. They don't call it. They let it go. But it, it's a little different game today. It's a fast-paced game today. I wish it – I love to watch girls' basketball more than I do men because men, it, it's, it's, it's just uh, – I mean – it can be brutal uh, underneath the goal or driving in or anything like that. And I can't understand why they, they can't control the game uh, as far as they, they beat each other to death. And, and that's, it, that's not the way it, uh, you, you and I grew up. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a game that 
um, you didn't manhandle the other team at all. And uh, I just, uh, I really miss it. Well, the women's game uh, today, Truman, is more fundamental. Yeah. You know, fundamental, the way you position your body, Mm -hmm. uh, setting screen, shooting. Where the men's game's more up here now, way up above the rim. Uh, much more physical than it's ever been. Pushing, you know, if you got a big guy that you can post up down low, they'll just push you out of the way and yeah. uh, get them the ball and score. So it's it's totally different today. You're right. There's one thing that never changes, and that's politics. Does it? I, I <laughs> no. mean, it does in a way, but uh, right now uh, things have. Um, it, it's it's one of those things that. If you're a uh, well-known in the community, and you were, you've been in politics probably as long as I was. I got in. I ran for the school board in Bedford County in 1996. So I, I served from 96 to 2005, then or 2005, and I got elected Senate, yeah. state Senate in 04. Yeah. So politics is still a people game. It's still a communications. Yeah. Now, the social media has changed the aspects of it some. Unreal, yeah. But when you and I were involved, when when I met you, you know, we had the fish fries at Las Casas, the mm-hmm. Kittrell breakfast, yeah. uh, the rotary pancake breakfast. I mean, you and I went to all those things. We got to know each yeah. other, got to know Jackie real well. Yeah. And, and you got to know my family because we were there uh, at all the same events. Yeah. And if we were running for office at the same time, we got to be friends. We may not... Uh, uh, agree on all the aspects of everything, but you got to know people. And, yeah. you know, that's the, the thing that I miss. Uh, you know, of course, last year with COVID, people didn't get out. I, I enjoy that aspect of getting to know people, and they look forward to seeing you, and they want to tell you what their situation is. And then you were the sheriff. They would come over to you if you're at the Ketchell Breakfast, say, Sheriff, we got a problem down here on, on the highway. You need to take care of that. Well, they're going to catch you right there. Yeah. Which, that's great, because you have a great relationship, and you have an ear of what's going on in the community. And, and, and the sad thing about it, once they get into the level of federal-type uh, politics, you kind of lose that um, closeness, the, the touch. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's happened in Washington, is it, it's hard to have those type relationships anymore. And, and of course, the... Um, the media tries to drive a wedge in between you and, and all the other people. And it's just, uh, I never thought I'd see the type of situation that we have in politics right now. And it doesn't seem like, um, where are these people coming from that have all these crazy ideas of wh- why America should change? That That's that's the thing that really bothers me. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you a st- some stories when I was in the state Senate, when I got elected in 04, Mm -hmm. it was a pretty equal body in the state Senate. I mean, we had like 17 Republicans, 16 Democrats. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had to work together. If you were going to get a bill passed, you had to work with both sides of the aisle to compromise the bill to get get it moving forward, whatever issue it was, whether it was a, a, a business issue, a commerce issue, or law enforcement issue, or a judicial uh, issue in the in the courts, you had to work together to sort of put together a package to get it passed. Yeah. Uh, and and we've gone away in the communication. We would communicate all the time together. In other words, uh, 
when I was chairman of the Transportation Committee in the Senate, we would have, you know, members from both parties on there. It might be five, four, one or the other. Yeah. And, you know, there'd be issues that some of the Republicans from different parts of the state didn't like. Mm-hmm. But I had a couple of Democrats on there that I could work with. Uh, that we needed their votes, and I'd go to them. I'd say, "Look, guys, I, if y'all don't vote for it, let me know, and uh, we'll go eat lunch and talk about it. We'd go eat lunch, and I said, you don't have to tell me now, but tomorrow we're going to present the bill. But I need your votes on it, yeah. if you can. And they'd they'd talk about it, and they'd come to me. They'd catch me the first next morning before the committee, and they said, we can vote for it. Yeah. And we'd get five or six votes to get it out of committee. And that's how you're supposed to work it. I mean, of course, transportation is really not a partisan issue anyway. Yeah. Got to have roads and bridges and sewer and, you know, got to have infrastructure, but roads and bridges in particular. And, you know, Tennessee, uh, Truman, and, you know, we've done a good job in Tennessee overall. You yeah. know, when I first yeah. got there, Senator Doug Henry, mm-hmm. um, you know, was the chairman of finance committee and, he he was this conservative guy, and you'd go to him and you'd want appropriation amendment on the budget. And he, he would he would say, "Well, Senator, why do you need that?" Yeah, he'd make you explain it to detail, and he was a very fair guy, but he was firm. You better had your ducks in a row. Uh, in local politics or, or state, I'm one of those people that I never thought that a political party or parties should be involved on the local level. We're talking about city and county. And, and I, I never thought that that worked well because sometimes the party becomes more dominant than the voters. And I think uh, we, we've seen a lot of that in Washington right now where uh, you have people that uh, uh, maybe their ideas of the way the government should be run are different. Each state is a different country, you might say. Tennessee is so far away from New York or California or or a lot of the northern Midwestern states and things like that. What we want could be totally different from somewhere else. And that's where I think the party oversteps itself because you have people in New York that are, Totally they different. want to take our guns away from us and all the other uh, liberties that we have, and it just doesn't fit. How in the world are we ever going to get away from that? It's it's a very difficult situation in D.C. right now, no yeah. question. Tennessee, I agree with you, has been well run for many years, yeah. and and we did it that way. Basically, I call it just common sense, plain old common sense. Yeah of working together for the betterment of the people. you got to remember, like you said, when you were the sheriff and I was a state senator, you're elected by the people. Yeah. And the people pay attention to how you govern. Mm -hmm. And um, so Tennessee, we've done a much better job of that. You know, like you said, in other parts, California is a totally different ball game than we are. New York is totally different. Yeah. Uh, these different states are totally off. When I was a state senator, I'd go to these conferences, and you meet these people. I said, where in the world? How do they even get elected? Yeah. They wouldn't even get elected to, uh, you know, a county commissioner in Rutherford County, some of these people, with some of their ideas. But that's how they thought in that particular part of the country. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just uh, – now, you have been appointed, what, twice – uh, yeah, well, uh, yes, I was appointed by the President Trump's administration to be mm-hmm. the 
uh, director of USDA, that's United States Department of Agriculture, mm-hmm. Rural Development for the whole state of Tennessee. That's a great organization right there also. It, it, it was one of the best rewarding jobs I've ever had, along with uh, being a state senator and the job I'm in now. But that was a job where I went from Kingsport, Tennessee, all the way to Dyersburg, Tennessee, and I would work with these rural communities, primarily Truman, the smaller communities that would be 50,000 or less population. Mm -hmm. We would work with them on their economic development. And uh, you could go into these communities and say, okay, what do you need to improve so you can bring in jobs for your area? Well, you got to have water and sewer. Yeah. Good water and sewer. We we did that. A lot of people don't know that comes under <laughs> Department of Agriculture, but it does. All that comes under Department of Agriculture. I can see that, though. It does. We we work with just the rural folks, and uh, I got had the opportunity to basically go in every county in the state, 95 counties, but particularly the smaller communities, uh, you know, just Trousdale County, for example, we did a lot with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Middle Tennessee now, the growth is so much. These donut counties right around Nashville, yeah. uh, Rutherford County being one of them, we're growing so fast. But there's still some rural areas we were worked with. Now, you worked some with Mike Vaught, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Mike and I have been friends for 20-something years, and Mike would uh, reach out to me on different issues. And uh, Mike and, uh, you know, I worked with Kitchell Fire Department, and we tried to do some things for them. We did grants for fire uh, trucks and uh, volunteer fire departments. We gave grants to them for equipment, which mm-hmm. they are a vital role in the rural areas. So you got to be really well-known across the state of Tennessee. Well, I met a lot of folks, and, um, yeah, and, and I spent a lot of time up in East Tennessee in those little rural communities. Mm-hmm. I'll break it down this way for you, Trim. You'll like this. Uh, my philosophy of Tennessee, uh, whether it be west, middle, and east, mm-hmm. East Tennessee are more direct. Uh, they are different. They're different. They'd yeah. look right at you and say yeah. – uh, Mr. Tracy, we need a $100,000 grant to build this building right here for our community. And they'd be direct. Mm-hmm. Well, you go to West Tennessee, and they'd say, well, uh, Jim, I know one of your friends. Your friends tell me you're a good guy, and we need your help to get this uh, sewer system for our community. But, you know, it's all about who you know. Yeah. Middle Tennessee it's a little bit different because you're right here in the Mecca of Nashville around the capital. And they'll just say, you know, we're from Middle Tennessee. We we really need your help. And that's yeah. really the two, three different areas. East Tennessee's more direct. They're, they'll look at you. And you know where you stand with them. Well, I always, look, I always thought of uh, West Tennessee would be a little bit more, if you use today's words and standards, they would be more liberal. East Tennessee would be the one that would be more conservative. Um, but I, I, I always felt like that Middle Tennessee probably had, was more logical uh, than the other two uh, different sections. But um, Nashville has always paid a, played a big part in Middle Tennessee politics. But I am seeing what, what you call the donut-type uh, situation – I'm seeing a lot of the power in the politics go into those areas rather than in Davidson County. Davidson County's name's up there, but I th- I really believe the power players are around Davidson County I, in the Middle Tennessee area. I totally agree. I mean, you can talk about where, where we are today, Rutherford County now, with the growth we've got. You've got, uh, you know, if you're running for a statewide office, 
you got you got to consider Rutherford County now. Yeah. Power player. I mean, um, Williamson County's big player. Wilson County's getting bigger and bigger. You can go all the way around Nashville. All those counties, uh, even Dixon County's growing. Yeah. Uh, all those counties grow. Murray County goes all the way down to Spring Hill, Murray County, Columbia, down in that area. And I'll be over there tomorrow to speak to them tomorrow. So the Qantas Club. But all that's growing, and it's all right around Nashville. So some people are moving out of Davidson County and coming out into the so suburban areas. So you're still on the soapbox trail. A little bit. This, Bless your heart. <laughs> a little bit. I, I like doing that. I'll, I'll go to Columbia tomorrow. And matter of fact, you'll probably know some of the people in this. I bought I bought my car over in Columbia about two months ago, for, uh, Stan McNabbs. Yeah. And I uh, bought it from uh, little Trey, his uh, oldest son. And uh, really, in, I enjoy going over there. I really do. It. it it has changed so much over the years, and and if you look, there's there's a lot of money over in Murray County right now. Yeah, it's, it's growing. Amazing. It's growing, and you're right. I'd forgotten Stan. Stan's over there. I know Stan and uh, his sons. I can remember when they were real little, small. They're all grown now, working in the car business. So, um, but yeah, I'll be over there tomorrow. You'll know some of the folks on the in the Qantas Club. That's one of their old clubs over there that some of the uh, uh, you may remember it's the oldest one i can remember here was aquinas because they huh. they actually started little league in rutherford county murfreesboro that's that's right yeah that's right and in so. the in the first field was over at campus school i'll be yep we, we'd hit I've heard runs over about there it. and hit the houses across the street <laughs> <laughs> Well, good, but yeah, I'm going over there now. the 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 job I've got now is with Commerce and Insurance, and uh, that covered a lot of areas at one time. Still does. It's um, I've been there since January, and uh, the commissioner is Carter Lawrence, and a uh, mm -hmm. very sharp young man. And most people, when you say Commerce and Insurance, Truman, yeah, with your background, you remember we do uh, law officer training and yes. the same guys there that you work with Brian Grissom that yeah. runs that department, but we got all the boards, regulatory boards are under that. We do, we do regulate insurance companies and you talked about that and it sort of goes together. Uh, so tomorrow I'm going to sort of give a synopsis of what all we do to the Qantas club. Most people have no idea what department of commerce and insurance does. We, we we do regulatory boards. We oversee insurance. We oversee the securities industry, mm -hmm. uh, fire prevention. You know, Gary Farley from here is the assistant commissioner over fire, and and uh, that's a big deal. We work with all the fire departments. We have the fire academy, you know, in Bedford County just down the road. It trains mm -hmm. uh, the Tennessee Emergency Communications, Tennessee Law Enforcement, Officer Training, um, and, and Ten Care Oversight. So yeah. we oversight... So you're right. It is a huge department. Uh, I think we have over 800 employees in that department to, to work with. So uh, that's going to be one of my jobs to go around and communicate to people what all we do with state government, what the taxpayer money is being used for in that yeah. department. And, uh, you know, I'll be glad to do that. So, yeah, you're familiar with it, with yeah. your background. And uh, so many people don't realize that. We, we are growing – uh, Truman, interesting to say the least about insurance. Uh, you talked about these other states. Uh, some of these insurance companies are wanting to come here to put their headquarters. So we're we've we've grown some other insurance where they're domiciled. You know, we have Tennessee Farm Bureau's domiciled in Columbia. Yeah, which is a big 
big player in the great state of Tennessee, but we've got other insurance companies that are. Farm Bureau does a great job. It, it seems like they they do it on a level that we all enjoy our agents and stuff like that. I, I had, uh, since since we're into that subject, uh, Roy Frazier, uh, you see him over, over at Sylvan Park a lot in the morning. He's my agent, and uh, he, I, I just, you want somebody that really has uh, an ear for um, what your particular needs are, and and I, I see that so much, but... Uh, can we over... You know, I need to visit with Roy. Uh, if he's got your insurance, I wonder, did they do a real good background check on you? No. no. <laughs> I wouldn't have any insurance if they had done that. <laughs> I'd be out to dry. Thank you very much, Jim. <laughs> but but do, can you get too much of a, a particular business group coming into a, a community? Because, as you know... Uh, Insurance is changing a lot, and, and as far as the the agents, we used to really depend on agents, and and I I do I still depend on them, and I, I grew up that way. I hear some noise, so let's take a quick break, and we'll get right back to it. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. This is Scott. It's now time to make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center where they exclusively specialize in us men and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has really reinvented the doctor's visit and they make it quick and easy for us men to get in and get all of our levels checked out, not just our testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T-Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T-Center, reinventing men's health care. Welcome back to Love League. It's time for Jack to meet our final contestant, April Games. April is a fun-seeking Aries who loves fresh flowers, afternoon showers, and winning. April, describe your perfect night. Well, Bob, I like to pick up some instant games, find my favorite lucky coin, and see where the night takes me. Oh, okay. Well, Jack, who will it be? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take April Games, Bob. It's hard not to pick a winner when you pick April Games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Get ready to knock down some fun with new multiplier instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Four great games that can multiply your next win into big money. Play for a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, or ten dollars for your chance to win up to a million in cash. Pick up a multiplier game today, and with a little luck, your cash could do some serious math. Multiplier games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game changing fun. 
Please play responsibly. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Rutherford County Mayor Bill Ketchin has been ordered to pay $135,000 for campaign law violations. State auditors say they found hundreds of thousands of dollars unaccounted for when they looked at his mayoral and Senate campaign accounts and his political action committee. Ketron says the money was not missing, but that poor accounting and bookkeeping just made it look that way. A bill allowing parents to opt their children out of LGBTQ-related curriculum is headed to the governor's desk. It cleared the state legislature by a vote of 64 to 23. The bill would require school districts to notify parents of any instruction related to sexual orientation and gender identity. Supporters say it allows parents, not the government, to make choices for their children. Rutherford County landowners being warned about timber thieves. Tennessee Department of Agriculture says the rising cost of lumber is leading to thefts across the state. The department is asking owners of forest properties to take steps to protect trees on their land. TDA officials say landowners should mark their property boundaries and have a plan of action if they don't live on the land. Tennessee nearly last in the nation when it comes to COVID-19 vaccination rates among adults. CDC data shows Tennessee is 48th among the 50 states in percentage of adults who are fully vaccinated. They're also 48th in the percentage of adults who have received at least one dose. Just over 23% of Tennessee's adults have been fully vaccinated, ahead of only Georgia and Alabama. And the Nashville Zoo is announcing the birth of three caracal kittens. They were born on Sunday to one of the two pairs of caracals living in a behind-the-scenes area of the zoo. Experts are hand-raising the kittens to prepare them for close-up experiences with zoo visitors when they're ready. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro, offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Enjoy gentle joint exercise in the indoor pool, our soda shop, and many planned activities and trips for every taste. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes, and French's has them. You can always browse the huge selection of new styles from top brands like Ariat, Justin, and Twisted X. Or come see why our famous bargain racks are known for the best deals around. It makes good sense to shop at French's. Shoes and boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. 
Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see skies becoming mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the mid-60s. North winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Fuichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 50. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Jim Tracy, Senator Tracy, and it just goes on and on, titles and all of those things. How in the world do you keep up with making changes like you have over the years? Well, you just, you know, uh, like I tell people, I said, I'm 64 years old. I still haven't figured out really what I want to do yet. So still, you know, I think uh, you and I talked a little bit about in a break. It's about Mm -hmm. uh, liking people. You enjoy, I get to enjoy working with people and you get to meet different people. And, you know, where I am now with Department of Commerce, um, it's a small group of people that we're working with. I'm a senior advisor. That means you're old, mm-hmm. and you do whatever they ask you to to, to advise on. So, mm-hmm. but you are getting kind of elderly. <laughs> your hair's turned about your color. I, I've, my hair's turned white and a little yeah. thinner. I had, I was looking at an old. Uh, we used to. Uh, it, it, we had what was called legal secretaries back in those old days, and and. All the bad things that we would do to them, they would get back even with us. And and so they'd have a, a legal secretary day, and they'd make us all get up on stage and do stupid things and things like that. And I forgot that Sandra Cullen had given me three films of the, in the 80s. And uh, I was looking at it. I said, is that me? I've got black hair. There's no way that could be me. And uh, it, it, it's so funny. We don't even think about changing. Of course, we've got mirrors in the house, but I don't even think about changes as, as we go along. No, you don't. I mean, I think uh, we we just do it every day. It gradually mm-hmm. changes. But if people had yeah. seen you in 25, 30 years, they say, well, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you don't even look the same. No. <laughs> what What tragedy hit you, big boy? But, you, you know, I, I just enjoy getting to know people, working yeah. with people. Uh, and I think, uh, as you and I talked, uh, you, you you like trying to help people if yeah. you can. And that's the job I'm in now as an advisor where where it's on insurance. They, they hired me my 30 years in the insurance business mm-hmm. to advise them. You know, we regulate insurance companies, Department of Commerce. And I give them a perspective when you make a rule on something – you know, you got to think about that agent out there and his business yeah. and how it affects his business and how it affects the customers. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. And I can give them a little different perspective than some regulator that's been just regulating insurance company. I can yeah. give them more of a 
hands-on approach, and I try to do that. And, you know, my background as a state senator, I can give them background working with different people, whether it be the law enforcement folks where the training. And mm-hmm. I was really involved in that when I was a state senator. That was one of the things I enjoyed working with law enforcement. And I can give them a different perspective there. So that's what I think I'm, I'm there to help mm-hmm. and advise them on different things because it's very important, Department of Commerce, all those different boards. Yeah. The 911 board is a big big deal for us, the communications thing. So. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think Rutherford County's 911 board has always been at the very top level of the state of Tennessee. And, and I, I want to give uh, um, Steve Lane a, a call out because actually he's the one that got it started here in Rutherford County. Now, he lives down in Florida now. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, Steve Smith came in, correct? Yes, yeah, Steve Smith. We, we had That's part of the uh, nominating the head of 911. Their first name had to be Steve. <laughs> you you were real involved in that, you know, and I got to know you a lot better through yeah. that because I came to, to a lot of your things. You had an annual dinner for those people and recognized yeah. uh, the folks that did such a good job. And that's a real important job. People don't realize that. You came to one of our. Uh, you came to some of our nine one one get-togethers over at, at the sheriff's department. Didn't we have a good time? I, I oh, mean, some was, of the great entertainers that we would have. Oh, right that there. was great. Yeah, and, then, and I got to introduce you. <laughs> I, I said the only reason he got elected because he's the best-looking man up here. <laughs> you you love picking on. Yes, me. I did. Yeah. I mean, it, it was that was part of the fun thing. If you have a sense of humor and and you love to share it with other people, you can't you can't have a better relationship with people. Especially when you tease somebody, you want them to be happy with the way that you're that's doing. That's right, and that's like sort that. of my personality too. I, yeah, I like to pick on people, and you know, and and that was a great event. Good oh, yeah. night. You started that, and it it got bigger and bigger and bigger and better. Uh, like you said, we had people come from all over Rutherford County to come in there and you yeah. got you had those booths set up and I got to visit with people and it was just a great event and and, and you know we were remembering 911s what we were remembering yeah. that yeah. awful day that those of us that are old enough to remember can remember that and uh but that was a great event that was a lot of fun <laughs> y'all had a good time you did a good job setting that up it was well no I had the people that could set it up. You know, sometimes we, when you're at the, it, it, your name represents a place somewhere, uh, and people just think, well, he, he's the one doing it. That's not true. The people who work underneath you, they're the ones, they're the smart ones that, that can take care of things. I am so blessed to have the people that worked with me at the sheriff's office. It, if I say somebody worked for me, I start choking because it's not really accurate uh, they work with you yeah work with you I, I, uh, the you lady, had some great people oh yes yeah, so the ladies uh, that took care of me there in the offices and things like that we still get together in fact we're going to get together monday night and go to a restaurant and and just remember some of the old days and it, it's just special for me to keep that relationship going with them you know i, I think life is a lot about relationships it and, is and uh you know i hope Truman, as we move forward, we're in 2021. I hope we don't lose that uh, ability to work with each other it, yeah. and have have events like you had there. So many times today, everybody's so busy all the time going here and there. It is great to have those Kittrell breakfasts and the last cast of fish fry and the 
pancake breakfasts. You get, you know, that's a way to get to see people. Do we have the breakfast coming up this Saturday? Now I haven't heard anything. I hadn't now, heard the either. Last last month, uh, that breakfast was not very well attended, and people need to know that you know that's part of their life support over uh, there at that uh, fire department, and uh, you need to support it. Yeah, that's the, that's how they raise their money yeah. because volunteer fire departments don't get a lot of money. Now I think this year we've been. Through the Department of Commerce, we've been getting some of them grants and so mm-hmm. forth to help them. But uh, they're vital for these rural communities. You, yeah. If you didn't have volunteered fire department in that area, the cost of insurance for your house would be a lot higher. And uh, you just don't have the protection. So, uh, Plus, it, it's fun. You get to see people. How did we – how did Bedford County manage to get – the fire, be over the fire. I'll tell you the true there. story on that. Yeah, because I want to hear that. My my uh, uh, cousin Helen uh, Brown, uh, um, she, uh, you know, she had been working. I guess almost since the darn thing got started over the train in many many years ago, and uh, she didn't know. And I said, well, I'm going to give you like the facts. Here's yeah. the facts. Okay. And I, this came straight from. Uh, a state representative that was in the room, and when Governor Sundquist was governor, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know this, Governor Sundquist spent seven years of his life in Shelbyville. He was a plant manager for Jostens mm-hmm. over there. Had a big plant, still got a plant there. Yeah. But when he was governor, he looked at the leadership in uh, both the Senate and the House, and he said, folks, you can put that fire academy anywhere you want to as long as it's in Bedford County. Whoa! So he he determined he had promised some folks in Bedford County that uh, it, he wanted to put it in Bedford County, and mm-hmm. that's what he did. And he put it, and it's in a good location. It's it's not far from you know two thirty one. You're only fifteen minutes probably from South Murfreesboro there. Yeah. So, and it's great facilities out there. I I'm out there a good bit now, and they got facilities. They do codes out there. They've got. When my son's a fireman in Shelbyville, when he was training, I went out there and watched him train at night to put out a fire of a car. And they just got so much. It's, it's, it was about 300 acres. Yeah. They were able to get that acreage so they can spread out away from other people. And uh, so that's it. I think the governor just made that call. He said, we're going to put it in Bedford County. That's he, amazing. Now, do, are most of the people that go out there and train, are they with uh, – uh, big city uh, fire departments, or are they a lot of them uh, volunteers? Because the volunteers, uh, uh, I don't think a lot of times the rural com- uh, communities realize how special it is to have those. I think it's a mixture. I mean, like a community like uh, Columbia or uh, Woodbury, for example, mm-hmm. I, I assume they have a fire department in the city of Woodbury. They can send their people over there. Yeah. And uh, so. Yeah, they, that and volunteers. I think we send our instructors to. We have the ability. If we had volunteers in Rutherford County, they want to get trained. We can send our our instructor here in Rutherford County and train here on site because volunteers are working a full time job. 
Yeah. And they just come in on the weekends and on their off days to volunteer. So I think we send our instructors to them. Mm-hmm. And But, uh, yes, all these uh, instructors, they bring in the state hires instructors to teach them, usually retired fire chiefs and assistant fire chiefs. And they'll come to the fire academy, and they'll bring people from all over the state. They'll come in there. And they have facilities on campus there where they can stay, yeah. like hotel rooms. Well, the, the volunteers save the communities a lot, a lot of money. Yep. And, and I remember things have changed, though, because you and I remember when most of the people who started the fire departments were older business people, and uh, they could uh, leave their uh, businesses or whatever as soon as an emergency happened in their area, and they would respond accordingly. And uh they went through all the training that was involved. You can't find people who want to give back to that community any more than those particular people. And I, I was amazed at, at uh, the time that they spent and the dangers that they went through to protect their particular communities. It, it, it was unbelievable. Matter of fact, since you sort of teed that up for me, the governor in his budget this year has put quite a bit of money in the budget for these volunteer fire departments, if they get the training, they get an additional supplement. They get like a, wow. a, a a little pay for doing that, and they've always wanted that. And the governor put that in his budget this year. If the legislature passes that, if the fire the volunteer firefighters they get a certain amount of training, they qualify for that, and wow. that's a big deal. Um, and for two reasons: number one, they get some money; it's not a lot. But they get a little money, but they get some better trained. So they they won't hurt themselves, or and they can put out a fire quicker and mm-hmm. be involved in quicker. So that's a big deal. Like what about you said, equipment? Well, and we're going to provide some equipment. We put some money in there for providing for equipment because a lot of these fire volunteer fire department don't have enough equipment. Yeah. So that's that, in there, too. That, would that range even up to fire trucks? Because those things are expensive. Well, in my old job that I had at USDA, we did a lot of fire trucks for yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, there's, there are some uh, venues there that they can apply for grants and so forth. Mostly it's federal money passed through the state where they can get uh, money for that. But, yeah, USDA, we did quite a bit. I uh, When I was in my role as state director, I said, I want to help as many f- volunteer fire departments as we can if they need a, you know, because these fire trucks now, they can be as much as 300000 350000 or more. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have the money to do that. Yeah. And uh, so we were able to help a lot of volunteer fire departments across the state with grants for fire trucks, fire, you know, equipment for their people. So it's mm-hmm. important. Do you have to follow up on all of those grants uh, that you have um, given to a lot of the, uh, not just the fire trucks, but any of the other things that uh, rest under what you do? I, you know, I was, uh, I remember sitting on that uh, law enforcement uh, board. Post commission. For, you were on the post commission. Yeah, for, for a, a pretty good while. And I was amazed at, all the different types of people who sat on those boards, and each one of them had a particular um, desire to be on that board because there was uh, it could be somebody that was a victim of a crime, but mostly uh, it was uh, uh, sometimes business people, but they would have a few law enforcement people on there that could share their experience with the other people. And uh, I think those type things, when you 
when you become involved in it, you have an emotional uh, involvement uh, also w- with uh, making sure that we're putting people in the right places. Because, you know, if, if, if you uh, fired somebody, uh, they could go before your board right. to uh, analyze what exactly happened. And, and uh, you're, you're blessed to be, uh, and we're blessed to have you uh, on, on those type situations because... You've got to be able to see everybody's position, and hopefully you're able to uh, make the correct decisions. Well, we hope to. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that with my background, being involved in the insurance business, knowing how important it is to have fire protection, yeah. uh, being in the state senate and working with so many fire departments across the state as a senator, and then mm-hmm. now it, former USDA did the same thing and now Department of Commerce. That that's really important. You know, mm-hmm. fire protection uh for our citizens is very important. I don't know. Somebody's saying another great show headed to Nashville and lost signal. What in the world is that what kind of Who's trying to send me something like that? I don't know if it's a friend of yours or somebody else. It's probably me. somebody giving you a hard time because of me. Uh give Jim, my regards. Oh, I bet that's Mike Waller. You know Mike, don't you? I do. Yeah, M.W., that's got to be Mike. He, he he always comments if he likes the show or not. <laughs> Thank goodness more times than not he does like the show. That is but, good. But that thing. means I've got a great guest on that day. Well, we, we've, it's been a good uh, good show. I'm glad we were able to catch up, and we'll, we'll have to do this more often. Yeah, we'll have to because we've got a lot to talk about. After all these years and all the things that, have, I, um, what what was the older guy that was uh, uh, governor? He wasn't very oh, very you, well educated. Um, uh, you talking about way back? Yeah, um, the first governor I ever met was Buford Ellington. No, no, now this is since then. Uh, oh, uh, Governor McWhorter. McWhorter, yeah. Ned Ray McWhorter. Ned Ray. Yeah, I knew him pretty well, being from West Tennessee. And uh, I'll tell you a quick Ned Ray McWhorter story. Yeah. Uh, when I became chairman of transportation, uh, it had come to me that somebody wanted to start borrowing money to build roads. Yeah. And I really didn't like that. And I'm brand new. And and I said, best, best person I could call would be Governor McWhorter because mm-hmm. – Transportation was his thing. He, When he was speaker, it was big. So I called him. He was at his cabin over in uh, Kentucky Lake in Henry County. I'll never forget, I called his assistant, and he called me right back. And he said, uh, Jim, I can hear him talking to me right now. He said, uh, what do you think about it? I said, Governor, I don't like it. He said, you're dead on exactly right. We should never borrow money to build roads. We pay as we go, and that's why we're in good financial shape as a state. Mm-hmm. I said, Governor, I, I sure appreciate your advice. And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of this for you. And I don't know what he did, but uh, they never came back with the bill. So he <laughs> called somebody, and he said, furthermore, Jim, would you like one of my books? I'll sign you a book. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, Governor. And I, he sent me a book, autographed it, and I read it the next week. And, and you know, when I got ready to run for election, he told his friend who was with me that day, he said, now, this boy right here is a good boy. We won't be campaigning against him. And he never campaigned against me. Isn't that something? 
Well, we were we were trying to change the the sentencing laws, uh, um, people in law enforcement and uh, the, the DAs, and I never will forget going up there. And we met in his little office up there. <laughs> I think there was about forty of us in there, and uh, I was sitting next to to Guy and a, a couple of others, and Guy Dotson, and we started talking to him, or before we started talking to him. He finally walked into to the um, uh, little meeting room, and uh, he said, Oh, my goodness, all of my friends across the state of Tennessee are sitting right here. He said, I can't believe it. I looked at Guy, and I said, We're done. He was <laughs> we're, good. We're, we're meat. We're, it's all over. <laughs> he, was a, he was a good politician. Yes, he, he, he was. He, I met him when I was the uh, president of Chamber of Commerce in Shelville. We took a large group up, and he was governor. And, you know, we got in his conference room, and he spoke to us just like he had known us for 20 years. We were talking to him about getting a road done. And, oh, don't you worry, boys. We'll get this road done. <laughs> don't you Don't you love politics the way it used to be? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a hoot. I mean, it, it wasn't. It, you not only learned, but it was entertaining. And it was fun. We yeah. enjoyed If you enjoyed people yeah. and you were honest with people, even if you couldn't do it for them, say, look, I understand where you are, but we can't do that. And, and you just frank with them. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean. But it was easier also because you had people in each section of the county and the city that uh, they were the people who could get the votes for you. That's right. And and if you, it was the knowledge of knowing those people and having a friendship with them. There were always key people you needed to help you. Yeah, and, and, and that's the way it'll always be. It's still going to be that way. Yeah, and uh, I hope we never get away from that. I, it's still, you know, we're representative government. That's the way we should be. Yeah. So, did you ever regret getting into politics? No. Not really. I had a great time while I was doing it. Enjoyed it. Met a lot of great people. I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, wouldn't have been on the Truman Show today if I hadn't been in politics. Well, you 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 may have been. We 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 could be talking about refereeing and making bad calls and all those things that go along with it. It's hard to be friends with people in that business, isn't it? it refereeing uh, because you're always going to do something that people are going to hold you accountable. Oh yeah, you know, referees. Uh, you had to be friends with each other. You know, yeah, yeah, tight, tight little club there because uh, it's interesting when you walked out of there. You know, it was. Uh, but I had a lot of good time. You know, you remember Coach Donnelly when? Oh yes, Boots. Yes. Boots was the athletic director. I'll never forget this. And it was my first year to referee at MTSU in the Sun Belt Conference. Mm-hmm. And I've known Boots for years. I mean, I sponsored his radio show. You know, he had a radio show yeah. all, and I sponsored him in like three communities, and so. And he saw me coming in, and he yelled at me across the floor. He said, oh, we're in trouble tonight. Mm-hmm. I said, Coach, don't be doing that. But he, he was a great guy. I, I still talk to Boots. I still eat lunch with him every now and then. Does he still have that uh, uh, downtown where he, he deals with young people? I think he's finally retired from that. Uh, but the last, but you know, I hadn't eaten lunch with him during all the COVID, so we're due to get back to eat this year. So I'll find yeah. out. Usually, Kelly, Kelly Holcomb and I go eat lunch with him. <laughs> well, he he was a very strict disciplinarian when he was football coach over at MTSU, and I I never will forget. He told me one time 
He says, Truman, if you ever get some of my kids in trouble over there, I want you to call me. So we had one one night, and uh, they were, the um, kid was really acting up, but the, the officers in the detention said, uh, I think uh, the sheriff's going to call your coach. Oh, you talking about begging? Oh, that's the last thing that he wanted was us to call Boots. Of course I was going to call him. Anyway. Yeah, Boots is going to put the... Yeah, and, and uh, he was down there, got him out, and I don't know what happened to that kid, but he was, uh, it, it's like, like somebody was putting him in a, uh, in a guillotine. Uh, he, I bet he, he never was, came scared, back. He was scared to death. I bet y'all never saw him again. Yeah, but, but, you know, that's the discipline part, I think, is a lot of what's missing in today's sports and, and all those particular things. They don't seem to be as structured as they were years ago. And, uh, and people get offended on things a lot more than they used to. I mean, we talked about Burl Crowell getting me involved in officiating. Yeah. He was rough as a cop, Truman. I mean, when I refereed, he'd come watch me. He'd chew me up one side, down the other. What are you looking at, Tracy? Why are you calling that? And, I mean, he would light into me during halftime. Yeah. He, he would watch me work for half, and he'd come in. <laughs> And the guy, some guys couldn't handle that. Yeah. And I figured out after about the second or third time, you know why? He wouldn't be doing that if he didn't like me, if he didn't think I could referee. Yeah. If he didn't say anything, he would just. So over the period of years, it took the last time I went to a camp and he was my advisor, he wore me out again, but made me a better referee, made me a better person, made me tougher. I ran into a lady over at uh, Publix. I was in there shopping, and uh, she uh, came over, and she said, I think you probably remember my daddy. And I don't know how she knew who I was, but she, uh, I said, who was your daddy? And when she said it was Burl, of course, uh, the bulb came out open in my, in my brain right, right then. Uh, he was something else. There was only one Burl Crowell. I think he was probably the best-known uh, uh, referee that we ever had around here because it seemed like everybody had him at one time. But you, no matter what kind of uh, situation you get in, whether all these the committees that you've been on and being elected and all of those type things, it, it's there's always someone that stands out that you want to be your mentor. Yeah. There's always something like that. I know I, I had them going through all the things that I've been in. And who would be the one person? Of course, I know Jimmy Earl's close to you. Yeah, but who, who would be the one person that you always wanted to be um, uh, cared for by that person who wants to watch you succeed? You know, you know, it's funny you say that, and and I probably Coach Earl had a big impact on me yeah. and helped me a lot. And but my old high school football coach, probably, wow. you know, he had a big impact on my life more than he really realized. He pushed me hard. Mm -hmm. uh, he told me he made me into a quarterback. He said, uh, just I'd say him because uh, I never want to disappoint him. He's still living today. We still wow. communicate. He's. Uh, He's doing well. I mean, he's between. He's seventy six. Yeah. And uh, but we still talk about things, and we try to get together now once a year just for a, we bring our old football team together. So I, I would say him probably had a big impact along with my dad, but uh, beside my dad, you know him because you don't want to disappoint those people. Yeah. 
I think, uh, you know, we've got the same thing here. Uh, I don't know if you, you – do you remember Coach Lee Pate? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a legend. Team? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, and that – he 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 did things to you that just kind of embarrassed the devil out of you. And, and uh, he, he, he wouldn't cuss at you, but if he said something like, Law, son, just that one little small sentence, it just absolutely would tear you all to pieces. And you'd be surprised at how many successful people will give him credit for the way that he disciplined them and... Uh, it, it 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 wasn't soft, I, I guarantee you, because he he was tough back in. But uh, if they would see him coming, uh, maybe a president of the bank or or whoever, and they saw him coming, and they had a cigarette in their hand and and a drink in their hand, probably they would hide it. I guarantee you, and it, it was amazing that. Some people just have that effect of you. Yeah, you know, you don't ever want to disappoint those folks. Yeah. Uh, it, it's something about they touch you. Yeah. And and they could be hard on you, yeah. but you knew they cared about you. Yeah. You knew they cared about you, and they wanted the best for you. Yeah. I guarantee you, Coach Space, it, I didn't know him, but I knew who he was, and he was tough. Yeah. But he cared about his players. He wanted them to succeed not only on the field but off the field. Yeah, but you had a hard time believing it at yeah, that at time. time. At the time, when I was in high school, you're not mature enough to really understand it. You really don't understand it till you get on out of school, you go to work and say, you know, they really did. And that's all the same way with Burl Crowell. And Coach Earl had that effect on a lot of kids that, you know, there's a guy right here. I know there's some of his old players that live right here. Uh, Sleepy is one of them. You know Sleepy. Sleepy Taylor. Sleepy uh, uh, loves Coach Earl. You yeah. know, and Sleepy and I have got a good relationship. And, you know, and uh, there's a, something about a coach-player relationship, a mentor-type yeah. deal. You probably got somebody in law enforcement you looked up to when you got involved in law enforcement. That oh, yeah. Had a big. Robert it, Goodwin was my first sheriff. And, and Craig Snell, too. Craig and I were more of just friends. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robert Goodwin had background uh, in, in law enforcement, and uh, he he meant a lot to me as far as the learning process. But um, of course, that was back in the days when things were so different back then. Um, they weren't as regimented. the uh, The laws were not as strict for law enforcement officers back then. If, if you had a, a bunch of uh, if you had people that would get drunk or want or maybe get in their car, nine times out of ten, we'd take them home back yeah. in those days. And uh, and then you, you you have protesters. Protesters were against drunk driving and all that. Mothers against drunk uh-huh. mad and all those type things. And uh, they changed, and some were for the better. But I always loved the way that law enforcement had a relationship with almost everybody back in those days. And uh, I, I remember going out, uh, a man that uh, supposedly had killed somebody. And uh, I was going out and pick him up. And uh, I went to his door, and uh, his dad came out. And I said, now, I need to to get him to come and go with me. And uh, he said, now, Truman, he says, I don't know if he's here. I said, I said, I do know he's here, but if he gets into a scrape, it's going to have to 
we're going to have to take him in. I don't want him to see him get hurt. And he said, okay, come and get him. And he was underneath the bed. Had a shotgun underneath the bed with him, but he just came on out. And uh, it, it, it's it's amazing that if if you can develop that type of relationship with people, uh, a lot of times th- things come out a whole lot better. Those you know, I was ways. talking to somebody the other day, Truman. You, you'll appreciate this. We were talking about, as I grew up in a small town, in a small town, uh, some of the most respected people in the community was our law enforcement, the sheriff, yeah. police chief, yeah. uh, police officers, you know, every ball game they'd come to. Uh, you know, you just respected them. And mm-hmm. coaches and teachers, principals, superintendents, that was the most respected people in the community. I hope we hadn't gone away with that now. I mean, right now. In this we, we, we've got great officers now. Sometimes their hands are tied by how yeah. they do something anymore. Because you're right. I mean, the relationship, you know, I guarantee you when you were sheriff, as long as you were sheriff, if somebody called you and said, look, we got a problem out here in in Rockville, mm-hmm. you probably knew the family. Oh, yeah. So I know the family. Makes and a you, big difference. And, and you know the family. You could yeah. call the family and say, look, you know, you're going to have to help me with your brother-in-law or whoever it was. Yeah. And they would help you because they knew you cared about them. It was not. You had to do it. Yeah. You had to do it. Yeah. The law's the law, and they broke the law. What are we going to talk about next time? I don't know. Whatever you want to. We we talked about a lot today, didn't we? Yeah. But, we, of course, the bad thing about you and I talking, sometimes we can't share it over the air. <laughs> that's true. And I feel kind of guilty, but that's okay. We have, we have fun. We have fun. We'll talk about some more politics stuff, probably. Back when you were sheriff and I was state senator, some of the laws we helped change and so yeah. forth. Hey, that would be good. We can do I'll that. I'll enjoy that. We'll do that next uh, okay. time. That'll make reason for me to come back. Jim Tracy, always enjoy you, big boy. Thank you, Truman. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. We'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Since 1981, Willow Windows has been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee. From decks and railings to doors and windows, visit willowwindow.pro. Willow Window, the official sponsor of the WGNS Studios. Willowwindow.pro.